to another episode of Jesus and Coffee. Amen. My name is Jay Brooks and I'm your host for this daily devotional Bible study. I'm a Christian, a husband, a father, and a grandfather. I love Jesus and I love coffee, hence the name of this podcast. I have my Bible open in front of me in a nice hot mug of dark roast coffee, so I have everything I need to start my day. This isn't really about coffee, it's all about Jesus. I just drink coffee while I'm doing it, and I happen to love this song by John Waller. My wife and I met him two years ago this coming August at a free concert he gave at a church here in New England. We had a nice conversation, and he wasn't trying to get rid of us. He was genuinely interested in getting to know us a little bit. So check out his music, and if you have a chance, go to see him. I highly recommend it. He is a good Christian brother who loves Jesus and loves coffee, so that makes him my kind of guy. So let's get things started, shall we? Today I will be reading from the Holman Christian Standard Bible. I'm going to read John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. That's it, just those three verses. Okay, let's pray and get into the Word. Almighty God, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and we ask you to open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things from your Holy Word. Change us with your Word. Because we desperately need to be changed, speak to us through your word, because we desperately need to hear your voice and reveal yourself to us from your word, because we desperately need to know you. Amen. Your heart must not be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If not, I would have told you. I am going to prepare a place for you. If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come back and receive you to myself, so that where I am, you may also be. The word of the Lord. Amen. I am going to prepare a place for you. When I first read those words, I thought how lovely that will be. Jesus is preparing a place for me, and someday I'll go there. What I didn't know then is that Jesus is talking about a wedding here. He is talking about returning for his bride. And me and everyone who confesses Jesus as Lord collectively make up his bride. He is also talking about the wedding supper of the Lamb. Please bear with me as I explain it all. Because in the culture this took place in and was written down in, the things I am about to explain were self-evident. They went without being said. They saw it all the time. For you to see the symbolism here, I am first going to explain the ancient Jewish wedding, which started with the betrothal. Joseph and Mary were betrothed when Mary became pregnant with Jesus. The usual sequence of events was as follows. The father decides that it is time for his son to marry, and he goes himself, or he sends a servant, to find a suitable mate for his son. 
You can see this happening in Genesis 24, where Abraham sends his servant to find a wife for his son Isaac. The groom meets his future wife after his father and her father have negotiated a contract, which includes the price for the bride. The young man then pours a cup of wine for his prospective bride and offers it to her. This would be like popping the question today. If the young woman is willing to marry this man, she will drink the wine and they are engaged. The cup of wine represents the blood covenant between husband and wife. After this, the bridegroom leaves and returns to his father's house. The bride takes a special ceremonial bath to make herself ready for the groom to return for her. At this point, the couple is now betrothed. They are legally married, but the marriage has not yet been consummated. The groom, upon returning to his father's house, begins to prepare a place for his bride. He builds a room onto the father's house where he and his bride will consummate the wedding. It is now up to the father of the groom to decide when the place the son has prepared for he and his wife is ready. If someone should ask the son when his wedding will take place, he will respond, only the father knows. While the bridegroom is preparing a place for he and his bride, the bride is preparing herself for her husband's arrival. Her life is now about being ready for her future husband to come and get her. She must be ready whenever he comes because she has been set apart for her groom who has paid a price for her. The groom, after his father tells him it is time to fetch his bride, would go and do so with his family and friends. They would come at night with blazing torches and trumpets blowing to warn the bride and her maids of his imminent arrival. Everyone would see this procession and know the wedding was about to take place. And the celebration or wedding supper would take place and last for as long as seven days. As I have been explaining this, have you seen how this relates to the gospel? When Jesus' followers today share the gospel message, they are like the servants looking for a bride for the master's son. After receiving Jesus, accepting the invitation, you are baptized like the bride taking her ceremonial bath after drinking the glass of wine offered by the bridegroom. Jesus' first miracle was at a wedding where he turned water into wine to allow the celebration to continue. In Luke 5.33 and following, Jesus calls himself the bridegroom. In 2 Corinthians 11.2, Paul identifies the church as the bride of Christ when he writes, I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy because I have promised you in marriage to one husband to present a pure virgin to Christ. Jesus paid a price for his bride with his blood. In 1 Corinthians 6.20, it says, For you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God with your body. As we glorify God in our bodies, we are preparing ourselves for the return of the groom. During the Last Supper, Jesus established a new covenant in his blood when he shared a cup of wine with his disciples. A covenant is a contract, and this covenant, among other things, symbolizes the marriage contract. Jesus told me only the Father knows when he will return and that we should be ready for his return. In Matthew, chapters 24 and 25, Jesus is talking with his disciples of his return and what to expect. Specifically, in 2436, he tells them, Now concerning the day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, except the Father only. Then in 2444, Jesus tells them, This is why you also must be ready, because the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. No one knows. 
He also tells five parables in those two chapters that illustrate some of the things I have mentioned here. The parable of the ten virgins is about the bride and her maids being ready. Our whole lives from the time we meet Jesus are to be spent preparing ourselves for the return of the bridegroom. That parable of the ten virgins illustrates the need for the bride and her maids to be ready for the groom to come back to her and the celebration of the wedding supper. In Revelation 19, we read about the marriage of the Lamb, who is Jesus. In Matthew 24, 29-31, Jesus tells us what it will be like when he returns, when he will send his angels with a loud trumpet. And in today's passage, Jesus said, If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come back and receive you to myself, so that where I am you may be also. When I had explained this, this explained to me, I was amazed. So many things that Jesus says and does make more sense than they did before when you know this. The information made a great impact on me, and I hope it makes a great impact on you as well. I hope I explained it well. I hope it wasn't too boring, but I wanted you all to know this. This is, to me, it was such a revelation to understand how this all fits into the gospel. Our marriages on this earth are pictures of the gospel. Our marriage, if it's lived out right, preaches the gospel just by its very existence. Thank you very much for listening as I ramble today on Jesus and Coffee. Amen.